It's the WP Minute Plus, your home for long-form discussions around the WordPress ecosystem, deeper insights and conversations that you won't find on our short-form WordPress news podcast. We'd love your support. Head on over to the wpminute.com support to donate a $5 virtual coffee, join the membership for $79 a year, purchase a classified listing in our newsletter, or get a video review of your product. The wpminute.com support. Support independent WordPress media. The wpminute.com slash support. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, this is WP Product Talk, and this is our first time being live streaming where you actually get to see our faces. Uh, this is weird. This is different. But uh, but here we are, we're like it or not. So I hope some folks are watching along. Uh, oh, we got some folks out in the street who are happy about that. We did do a vote, didn't we? Well, we did, and I was completely overruled, and now here we are. So Katie comes on board and is shaking things up right away. But everyone agreed, so here we are. And I'm excited about it. I, li- I like this uh, this format, and uh, it definitely makes uh, visual facial cues add a lot to conversation a lot anyway. So, yeah, plus, I'm probably going to download it and make an audio version too. So. Cool. When this is WB Product Talk, and this is a place where we talk about uh, what it's like to run a a WordPress product shop. Uh, we talk about hiring. We talk about firing. We talk about building. We talk about sunsetting. Uh, we talk about any and all things related to uh, pains and joys of running a WordPress product. Uh, we've been doing this for, I think this is episode 14 now, uh, and uh, we got more in store for sure. So I want to go around and introduce everyone. Katie, as a co-host, uh, Katie, can you introduce yourself to the world? Yeah. Hi, I'm Katie Keith, a founder and a CEO at Bantu Plugins. We've um, been selling plugins since 2016, having switched from previously designing WordPress websites for clients. We mostly specialize in WooCommerce and we've got 20 premium plugins now. So we have lots of different plugins for different needs. And I really love talking to people about different elements of the business side of selling plugins. Excellent. And I'm Matt Grumwell, co-founder of GiveWP. Last year, now almost two years ago, we were sold to Liquid Web. So I'm now doing marketing and customer success at Stellar WP. I've been building plugins and running shops for since 2014 and uh, excited to uh, talk about more of these things. And today we have a special guest. Aaron Edwards is here from WPMU Devs. Aaron, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Aaron. I've been the CTO at WPMU Dev for, uh, I'm not sure how many years, but I've been with them for 12 or so. And uh, I've grown a lot from being a whole lot of plugin shops to moving into a lot more services. And also I have a few side projects that I've built, Infinite Uploads for Cloud Storage and Imagine AI, just bringing AI image generation into WordPress. Nice. Excellent. I'm sorry, I'm playing around with all the fun tools this thing has. No, that would have been it. Yeah. Uh, I was just trying to see if I could like Andrew's response here, but uh, it's not letting me do that. Cool. All right. Uh, today we are talking about uh, how to sassify your WordPress product. Um, this is a subject that Aaron recommended and suggested reached out to us about. Um, and Katie and I both have not actually physically done this, uh, but we have considered it. And it is a really interesting subject and one that I think is actually trending upward in the WordPress space in general. So I'm excited to talk about it. 
the way we always kick it off first is go around the horn and talk about why we feel like this is an important or relevant subject. I kind of tipped my hand. I feel like it's uh, it's an up and coming uh, and continuing to grow aspect of uh, WordPress products personally. And I also see it as definitely having some advantages when you want to be able to serve types of content or do types of functionality that shouldn't be limited to a WordPress website specifically. Uh, and I think it's a really cool model for certain types of products, for sure. It makes a lot of sense. And I think it also is, it has great opportunity in terms of uh, how it can scale. I do see it as a good option for, for scaling products a little bit more quickly sometimes. Uh, that's some of my takes on it. Katie, what's your take? Yeah, the scalability thing is... So from a business perspective, everyone's always looking to the next step and the next uh, step towards scalability, really. A lot of people who provide client services are looking for the next step, which they often see as providing any kind of product that they can build once and sell multiple times. So certainly when we were a WordPress agency, our kind of holy grail was to move upwards to selling plugins or themes, although we didn't end up doing the theme thing. And then now we're a plugin company. We're like, yeah, it's great selling plugins. It's so much more scalable than client work was for us. But what's the next step? Oh, SaaS, that's even more scalable. And there's various different reasons in the SaaS business model. So I think as well as having benefits for the customer for certain types of products, I think from a business perspective, it's very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Aaron, you got a lot of thoughts on this one. Why is this so important or why is it so significant? Yeah, I do. Um, just kind of back our history at WPMU Dev, we used to have a few, more than 100 plugins and various themes and different things like that. And the problem was our customers treated us app store. You pay and then download everything and then cancel. And uh, I know that a lot of plugin businesses have done a lot better with that, with annual licensing and things like that. But still, it's kind of mindset that your customers have. And um, for me, I'm more of a developer, so I'm kind of approach it from the technical side. So that's kind of my focus will be today as we're discussing this. But the first thing from my experience is that WordPress plugins are, compared to a lot of products, are really hard to support, maintain. And I think one of the biggest things is just because WordPress is such an open ecosystem that you have numerous hosting providers, all with different configurations. You have any number of theme and plugin combinations that can be installed on customer websites. And all those things often cause compatibility issues for your plugins. That becomes a huge amount of work to try to make sure you're compatible with everyone. And all those kind of things, like for example, at WPMU Dev, we have a QA team and actually part of their job is literally whenever there's a major release of our product to test it with Yoast and all these Jetpack and all these popular products that many of our customers also have installed to make sure that we're not breaking with them. It just becomes a really big hassle. Uh, also, the update system for WordPress, that's another thing. When you have software or code that needs to change frequently, it's very common for your for WordPress websites for customers to not update the plugin or for there to be a huge delay before they update to the newer version. Things will break very often and then you get support tickets and it's like, you haven't updated it yet. We pushed a fixture that months ago. Oh. So that, that becomes a big hassle too. And then the other point that I was, that I've noticed is the hassle of maintaining like a free and pro version. So a lot mm -hmm. of WordPress plugins, their model is, 
to have a free version on the repo, and then you have a pro premium version that usually has to be downloaded from the site. And so that means two separate code bases to maintain. That that causes a lot of hassle for developers and also even just the process of switching from free to pro when a user upgrades or purchases your product. Yeah, let's parse a little bit of this because there's a lot of different kind of details in uh, in what you're highlighting there. Uh, like, for example, there are lots of different types of fast connector plugins. And mm-hmm. one of the most or two of the most frequently used ones currently would be like a payment gateway, for example, is definitely a SaaS, essentially. Uh, and also uh, any plugin that connects with an email provider like MailChimp or, or Constant Contact or Active mm-hmm. Campaign. These, uh, the service is happening offsite. It's having to be connected on the WordPress site specifically. And a lot of the work is offloaded off of the site. And it's really just like a a work, a a connector in some ways. But even that connector um, can't be static and stagnant. A connector has to be updated too fairly regularly. So you don't totally lose or you don't totally abandon that uh, need to keep a plugin updated, right? Yeah, depending on the use case, there's going to be uh, some amount of code that's going to be on the WordPress site and some amount of code that you can have on your own servers. So, man, in my opinion, the more you can move to your servers, then the less you have to worry about those maintenance burdens. You know, mm-hmm. It depends on the use case, obviously. Yeah, so let's, um, for example, if you're able to do that, then that means you're, you're, in one way or another, putting a lot of functionality into the WordPress website that originates somewhere else? Is that what you're suggesting? If you can add features and whatnot on the SaaS itself, and then those are just embedded onto the WordPress website, is that like a good example? Yeah. Yeah, I can jump into specific examples, obviously, which I think we'll do that shortly. But yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure like we... We get some of the details covered so everybody's on the same page. Yeah, for sure. And, and another thing to consider, too, is often features, there's a lot of features that could be implemented much better on mm. the server side because maybe PHP, you need certain PHP extensions or certain specialized software installed on the user server that just doesn't work that way. Great examples of that or like whether it's processing images or video or all kinds of different things like that or services that you need to provide from the cloud as a feature. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> Katie, other thoughts on why this is an important subject for product owners? What Aaron described sounds amazing to me, just getting rid of the compatibility issues because it's all on the server and embedded and so on. Um, because obviously running a plugin company with lots of plugins, we constantly are de- having those dependencies. We've got, we use Ghost Inspector for testing and we've got endless suites of automated testing in like 20 themes and with lots of popular plugins and there's always errors or something you have to fix. So taking away that, it sounds very attractive to me. <laughs> Absolutely. In many ways, it's one of those things where uh, we just kind of time showing and go, well, it's WordPress. This is how everything works. This is how th- things are. And that what I hear Aaron saying is have to be that way. You don't have to always deal with these types of, of burdens. It's like, who doesn't deal with licensing trouble? Everybody deals with licensing issues. You don't have to. But even like with the like SaaS connector types, Aaron, there's still going to be some sort of authentication often. It'll be a simple 
plugin on, on the WordPress site and they're going to have to authenticate their connection to your server in one form or another, right? Yes. But that can be done in very seamless ways. They can register and do everything right from within the plugin interface, yeah. and just interacting with their API. Yeah. Some other like benefits that you might not consider with sassifying is just different things to do with conversions and the upgrade flow. So we already talked about like free pro version. Like I've, we have a number of like free and pro versions for WPMU dev still, but that becomes a big hassle when users have to upgrade from free to pro. And then you want to make sure if the activate pro, it doesn't cause errors and that the free one somehow gets deactivated and then. Um, a lot of plugins that have pro version, then you have to like the license key and then paste that in and, and this whole process that's just really causes a lot of friction for users, I think, compared to a simple form right in your WordPress admin where you just log in or connect and yeah. and then it's just connected and that's how it works. Yeah. So I think there's benefits. But it's there. never simple with a plugin. Like, I love that with SASH, you have control, uh, for example, free trials. Yeah, you've got to code it and things, but um, right. it's much easier because if they don't continue, by definition, they've lost that access or they go down to your free plan. Uh, I'm sure we'll have an episode on this another time, but there isn't a perfect licensing solution available for selling WordPress products, as I'm, most people will know. And having things like free trials can be very complex if you're using for example, easy digital downloads or WooCommerce or something. And I've got to really think about how to revoke that functionality in a way that's consistent with GPL and all of that kind of thing. With SaaS, I think it would probably be easier, although you know better than me. Yeah, for sure. Especially if out of the free pro, pro versions of plugins, you have, you're actually adding like extra code in that plugin. And then you also have to think about like piracy and things like that. People can null the plugins and release your pro version. And because all that code is in there and it's open source, when it's a SaaS or a lot of your services are provided by a SaaS, the SaaS side does not have to be open source. That's kind of mm. a loophole with GPL and the WordPress repo. Uh, so you can have a lot of that business logic, things like that, that can be remain secret and remain in a way that competitors can't necessarily steal it or hack it yeah. because it's provided by you. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew Palmer is watching and uh, has a couple of interesting comments. Uh, he says he uses a hybrid version plugin, uses SAS for main functions, but still has to be installed. And of course, now he has a Chrome extension too. That's interesting. And as for dedicated SAS, not planning to go there quite yet. Do you think going like full on dedicated SaaS is kind of jumping into the deep end? Uh, can be, but there's also lots of micro SaaSs too that do really cool stuff. He has a yeah. follow up here as well uh, that I think is interesting. Yoast for Shopify is a SaaS, absolutely, that's true. And some of the functions of Yoast for WordPress itself are served from a SaaS. Like in many ways, we always think of Yoast in particular as just like the SEO plugin itself, but some of the functionality is actually SaaSified. And they grew into that. It wasn't like that always. Um, there's uh, specifically some of the, I think, some of the tone features and ways yeah. that they can, you can validate the SEO on page, things like that, I think are all SaaS things. Those are some interesting uh, examples, actually. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Keep it coming, man. Mm -hmm. We actually, I think Andrew's on our short list to get on the show, right, Katie? Yeah. Weren't you going to invite him for next week? Yeah, if he's fresh <laughs> from uh, WordCamp Asia, then Andrew, you're on notice, man. 
Uh, cool. Next subject is what we like to call story time. We want to talk a little bit about our own experiences with Sassifying products or in Katie's case, and in my case, uh, our experience of Sassified products. And uh, as product owners, every time I interact with a new product one way or another, I am hypercritical. Uh, and uh, I'm like, oh, this is not the best experience. Uh, they could be doing this instead. Uh, but uh, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, Katie, do you want to jump into it? Yeah, sounds good. So I think I'm going to talk about, I suppose, a challenge, a dilemma for me as a, a plug-in business owner in going down the SaaS route. So we've identified actually on our strategic growth plan for last year, 2022, that we aspired to move in that direction and develop some kind of SaaS products. And we have a formula uh, which we built with SIS as our marketing company for evaluating new product ideas. And so we look at various factors to say, is it a good idea? Uh, different ideas for new uh, WordPress plugins. And one of those factors from the beginning of last year is, can you satisfy it? Is it that sort of product? Which brings me to a dilemma I think we have with the satisfying of products, which is that you should only do it where it's actually relevant for that type of product. So there are some products that it just makes sense to have the whole thing in the WordPress admin. And mm. for us as a WooCommerce, largely specialist WooCommerce company, all the ideas we have, it just wouldn't make sense generally to take it out of WordPress and have a SaaS. That would all be about us trying to improve our business model in the ways we've just discussed, rather than any relevance to the customer in terms of the functionality. So all the ideas that we have assessed in the last year for new products have had a zero on the satisfying scale. But we know how to do what we do and how to build successful products. So we've continued with those new ideas, despite failing that on every idea we've had. So one day it might come to us, but I'm, I don't want to do it just for the sake of it. So that's what's making me hesitate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On our end, we actually were right on the, and I've talked about this on the show in the past, <clears throat> we actually were right on the verge of going full-on SaaS a while back. We were going to jump in and do a big uh, donation platform uh, that we were really excited about, and there were a lot of pros and cons to it. Uh, the product itself, we, were, we had a lot of high confidence in it, uh, and uh, the uh, approach was would be that uh, you build stuff on the platform, uh, and then you could embed them in different places, regardless of WordPress or not. The advantage there, of course, was like, yeah, WordPress owns 40% of the internet, but that means there's 60% out there still that can't use GitWP at all. Uh, so let's open up our market and try to reach some more folks. I think that's definitely a good, valid uh, reason to head out there. Uh, a lot of the complexity was was also things like running and owning all of that data themselves rather than a distributed plugin means that uh, they have to have responsibility themselves for all the donation data that they're storing on their websites. You start running donations off on your platform, and now there's a big liability in there. Uh, and also, like, truthfully, WordPress.org is a great funnel. When you are a freemium product, you have a huge plugin base, a huge audience, so you get to market to with a free product. And if you go full on SaaS, then um, that's actually taken away and you really have to earn every single customer that you get. Uh, so these hybrid examples like Andrew's mentioning and the ones that uh, Andrew and Aaron are mentioning as well, 
uh, I think are really interesting. Uh, I, there's a few other small products I've come across recently. There's one that I really like called Mighty Share, which is one of those, it generates your featured images or your social share images for your blog post automatically based on a logo and colors and the text of the article. Uh, and they actually are a SaaS connector. Uh, they actually are generating that image on their server for you. And then, uh, and then you're serving that up uh, with a URL that they generate. And uh, they actually reached out to me as they were building it out to say, what do you think of this as a SaaS? Or, or do you think that I should try to do it all on the WordPress website? And a lot of the things that, that Aaron brought up of like the difficulty of doing that kind of image generation on the WordPress server uh, were some of the reasons why they decided to go SaaS uh, or SaaS connector. So it's a fully 100% WordPress product, but um, but all the benefits of the features are happening offsite. So, yeah, some of it. I still think there's a lot of a uh, lot of room for, for talking about pros and cons on both sides. But I want to hear a little bit more from Aaron in terms of story time. One thing that I want to post here for everyone. Uh, let me see the best way I could do this. Uh, I'm going a little bit on the fly here. I want to <laughs> highlight this. Uh, do it. I can do it. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, share screen. That's where it is. I'm going to show the tweet. Let's see. Ah, does that work? Nice. So Aaron has, and I'll put it in the comments here as well, but um, Aaron has a great guide here on exactly how the sassifying some of the WPMU dev products and some other products of his as well has really helped increase their revenue. Uh, so Aaron, story time. Tell us all about <laughs> how we increase our revenue. Sure, let me give just some examples first from WPMU Dev. Uh, most of our plugins are kind of hybrid approach. So basically we took whatever services would be better served on like an API side and moved those there. Most of them have a free option. For example, Smush would probably be like one of our most famous ones. Very hugely popular plugin and it compresses images, but a software for doing that effectively doesn't really exist on on host hosting providers, you can't really do it within the plugin, at least without a lot of compatibility issues and things like that. So we built the API for that, that smushes you know, millions of images a month. It's crazy how much traffic it gets, but that's all handled on the API. And that way, when we want to improve it, we there's a new technology, there's a new kind of way of compressing images even better, then we just roll it out and no one even has to know. I don't need to yeah. update anything. It just happens on our side. Man. I don't want to stop your story time, but I want to pause no. there super quick because uh, that is a little bit of a big concern for folks who want to satisfy their product. I can't imagine the cost involved with Smush alone. Uh, there's got to be a lot of server resources to do all of that for compression, sure. right? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a yeah, definitely an investment there on the infrastructure mm. side. In that case, at least, it's not really an alternative. But it provides one of our biggest products. So, yeah. so it works out great for us. And also, we have another SaaS feature to that that's pro only, and that is the CDN. So mm -hmm. after it compresses your images, then they get served from our CDN instead. Yep. And then we have ways of generating extra revenue on top of that for bandwidth. So if they need extra bandwidth or whatever, then they can pay for that. So it provides all these other ways to monetize your product on top of just a plugin license. 
Yeah. And another one of our plugins, Snapshot, which is our backup plugin. And that uses a full cloud service now to do incremental backups because we found that just doing something so resource heavy like that within WordPress just wasn't possible, especially when you're trying to do incremental. And so we have a whole server-side API that handles all that, fetching like different files that are updated and compressing them and making incremental things and storing it in our cloud storage and different things like that. And that also allows us to have plans that may be based on how much cloud storage they need how for backups and things like that um, versus if that was all handled in the plugin. And nice. Smart Crawls is similar to Yoast, as Andrew mentioned, uh, to where we have little APIs to handle certain parts of the plugin, for example, a web crawler. So that's not something that WordPress can do efficiently. So we have a web crawler service that, that SmartCrawl talks to, and that goes and it crawls through your site to identify SEO issues with various pages and things like that. Hmm. And uh, Defender is our security plugin. We have a, a lot of features that are p- powered by cloud. And I think most of the major security plugins do the same whether it's like downloading the latest signatures for like detecting malware and vulnerabilities and things like that. Or in our case, we have a really robust audit logging feature in Defender. Mm. Creates an audit log of every activity that's done in WordPress. Yes, you can store that in the local database, but if your site gets hacked, then what's the point? (laughs) The audit log is useless. So from the start, we actually built that as a SaaS service. So there's a whole Mm. cloud service that we run where... Every time one something happens on your WordPress site, that event gets shipped off to our API and it's stored in a way that it can't be deleted or modified even if your sites get hacked. And also allowing people to, to view all that history from one central location on our in our hub. Nice. Yeah. I, want I think they're really good examples of the types of products that should be SaaS. So for example, backups, inherently you don't want the processing to happen PHP and also the storage of them by definition you want them away from your site and all of those examples I think are really good illustrations of when it is the right time to use SaaS for your products yeah for sure some can be optional like they're just design choices like for example our hummingbird optimization plugin so most most of the optimization plugins when they minify your CSS and JavaScript they try to do that within PHP within the plugin itself and there's no way to do that very well. So instead, we just built a simple little service where it sends the, the CSS or JavaScript file to our service. And then we run it through the actual Unify JS and CSS min tools like that that are used, like the standards for compressing those kind of files. And so we can just, just do that really quickly and return it to the client. Or as another way of monetizing for as a pro feature is we can save that on our CDN and then that could serve from that instead. So it, de- nice. it definitely opens the door and it doesn't have to be either or like all SaaS or all server side. You can have little micro services that are better served from your own APIs. So I want to dig in a little bit with your examples on specifically that tweet. Uh, like you say, here's how to take most WordPress plugins and turn them into a SaaS business. Uh, yeah. How much do you stand behind that? I think a lot of them can be. <laughs> Definitely there's an argument for, are you doing this just for sales marketing purposes? Because obviously it depends on the ethos. In me, I'm trying to make a profit, right? <laughs> and at the same time, provide the best service that I can to my customers. But some other people on the other side, they say, oh, it's all 
it's the open source ethos. You want all the data decentralized and to own that data and have it on your own servers, even if that means it's going to be more work or not work as well or whatever. So there's definitely trade-offs to consider there. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talk a little bit about how you feel like this move specifically for WBMU Dev actually increased revenue. Yeah, I think it made a big part. And especially as we've kind of focused our business on our ideal customer, which should be like WordPress agencies or people that just have a few client sites, synchro or larger agencies. And all our products have kind of centralized on that one central purpose. And because of that, like we built our hub and hosting where all that can be managed centrally. And so the whole SaaS side of our plugins is very important. Like we maintain them as separate plugins and with free versions in the repo, because that's a huge funnel, as you said before, mm -hmm. getting new signups and things like that. But they all funnel in using like SaaS connectors into our overall like hub package. So you can manage your SEO, your backups, your, your optimization, everything for all your sites from one central location. So definitely has been super important to, even though we're taking a hybrid approach with the way the plugins work, like most of them don't necessarily have to connect. It's just ties in really well with our business model and the, the customer that we're trying to target. Nice. I don't know how I just did that. I'm waiting for the QR code now. Yeah, yeah. You can click on it. Platform's got some interesting features, I gotta say. Yeah. Uh, nice. No, that's excellent. I could say personally, forever ago, I actually did like a uh, image compression plugin uh, throwdown article forever ago. This was like even before Give and all that stuff. I don't know, like 2011 or 12 or something. Uh, and at that time, Smush definitely was one of them. It was probably one of the biggest ones even, um, but it was only a, a plugin, no SaaS connector at that time. Uh, and truthfully, like it was re really heavy on the server and it was really challenging to use it at that time. So I could definitely see how uh, how making it more of a SaaS and, and offloading a lot of those resources and things would improve it and make it a far better product overall. Um, oh. That makes a lot of sense to me for sure. Make it more reliable, be able to do a lot more uh, image compression and bulk uh, to one at a time on on a five dollar shared host or something like that. Yeah, and it it can also allow you to to do products that aren't possible in a plugin. Like for example, Infinite Uploads, which is the kind of side project business that I started a few years back, and that's a cloud storage plugin for WordPress media hmm. and video. And the whole point of that is to offload all your WordPress uploads to the cloud because you want it to not take up space on your local host and you want to be able to scale to any amount of, of files, whether it's images or video or whatever. Can't even provide that as a plugin in itself. So as far as like business models, you have two ways of doing that. You have the offload media, which you're probably familiar with, and that's by Delicious Brains, WP Engine, I guess, WP owns it. Yeah, but they take the approach that it's just connecting to your own S3 cloud account. So they have like three and a premium separate versions of the plugin. And when they need to make updates, they have to push them like the normal way. And in my case, I saw, I saw an opportunity where you can make it much simpler to where I could wrap the whole cloud storage and especially the CDN part and, and caching and clearing and configuration and custom domains and SSL or wrap those all into a much simpler product that I could sell as one flat price instead of having just a connector plug into some other cloud provider. So mm -hmm. it provides like 
whole new kind of business opportunities, ways of monetizing and building products. Nice. On the business side of things, uh, another thing you said in your tweet uh, is that uh, SaaS recurring revenue is better than WordPress plugin licensing recurring revenue. Uh, Someone who built a WordPress business around the annual renewal, I'm like, there's a case for that. Uh, Is it always better? Not necessarily. Monthly recurring revenue is uh, every single month is is an opportunity for churn. I think that's definitely a concern. Um, For sure. And um, you can also do annual. For SaaS you could do annual, yep. Pretty normal. Yep. Um, do it and they offer can't keep using it after and... they cancel. Yeah, that's the big that's the big difference is once they cancel, it stops mm. working. For sure. And also you can easily provide tiered plans with a normal plugin. You might not be able to do that so easily. You don't want to have five different versions of your plugin with different features. So with the SaaS, you can say, okay, if you need extra storage, you can pay a little extra to get more storage. If you want to enable this new pro feature that we just created, that's a whole new plan upgrade. So you have all these mm-hmm. new ways of monetizing and un- unlocking revenue that you can't do with a traditional just app store model. Yeah. Or even downgrading, allowing them to downgrade to a, a more affordable tier uh, is better than losing them as a customer completely. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Katie, do you have thoughts on the business model side of the SaaS thing? Uh, Not particularly, but I do have a question for you, Matt, which is whether um, there's anything you can talk about experiences within Stellar of switching to a SaaS model, because I know that um, particularly providing a hosted version of a product is something that Stellar have been doing with several of their brands, and that's SaaS as well, isn't it? Yep. Uh, Biggest example uh, is LearnDash. They launched LearnDash Cloud. Um, there's a bit of precedence for this too. Elementor launched uh, their Elementor hosted version a while back as well. Uh, and uh, the LearnDash version and Elementor websites uh, both are monthly recurring revenue. Uh, and the idea is essentially that you're trying to provide them with the whole website and feature set all wrapped up into one. With Elementor, you're building a whole entire website. Uh, with uh, LearnDash, you're really building a learning portal. Uh, and it might be for a short time, it might be for a long time. Uh, but the big op- opportunity here uh, is that you get to control that whole experience for the customer. Uh, LearnDash can be configured in a million different ways. And our experience is we kind of all the best ways to configure it. So we might as well give that to you right out of the box if you really want that. Uh, so hosting costs involved, which is actually a lot easier when you're a hosting company. So that's convenient. Uh, we kind of, there's still costs, of course, but the costs are kind of done a little bit differently. Uh, but uh, it, it definitely is a, an interesting idea. I think for, for the most part, it was done um, to serve a customer need. Uh, they There were plenty of customers who were like, oh, I'd love to use LearnDash, but I don't know anything about building WordPress websites and hosting. What does that mean? And how do I point a domain and a host? And all of that is just a hassle when I really just want to spin up a course site today. Uh, that's the customer need. Uh, and uh, LearnDash Cloud really tackled that one like, cleanly and clearly. Uh, and I don't have the exact numbers right in front of me. Uh, the worry with things like this is that are you going to eat into your existing customer base? Is like all the plugin offers that they're going to say, oh, I'd much rather do this. And then they drop their plugin licenses and go over to the hosted one. And at the end of the day, that's not what's happening at all. They're really two different customer segments. Some of them really prefer 
they're doing the WordPress plugin themselves and the others really prefer being able to spin it up and run. So that's a little bit of where I'm like, I think there's different use cases and different purposes, different pros and cons. It depends on the customer, depends on the need, all that kind of thing. That's a really good question. Thanks for asking. I hadn't even thought of that. (laughs) Almost like that's the ultimate session for satisfying a WordPress product because it's from the user's perspective, it's taken WordPress out of the equation because it's the whole website. So the other examples we've talked about involve using a satisfied product to enhance your WordPress website, but ultimately you still have set up WordPress and hosting mm. and you're in the admin. But with these two examples, uh, the Elementor and the LearnDash, that's your whole website and it doesn't matter what the platform is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And I, I know that's brought up controversy too, like in the community, like when Elementor was doing that, that you're satisfying the entire WordPress experience or taking WordPress away, even though you're using it as part of your SaaS. So that's something to consider too. Something that you brought up earlier, Matt, that I thought was kind of interesting is what if, give an example, imagine AI. So I built that. That's my most recent product to, uh, for focusing on like AI image anything with AI images. And I kind of decided I want to maybe leave the WordPress ecosystem, even though that's where all my connections are. So I kind of that as a SaaS first product. So first it's a SaaS open to anyone. You don't need WordPress, but then you have the Imagine AI plugin, which connects to it. Uh, So you don't necessarily have by being able to target all the internet and everyone, doesn't mean you necessarily lose that awesome funnel that is like a, a connector plugin on wordpress.org. You can have best of both worlds. So you get people coming and finding out your service from that, but you also can start targeting a much broader community than just the WordPress mm. ecosystem. Yep. And you could go the other direction too. You can start with your plugin and expand it like as you're talking about maybe give WP doing or things like that. Yeah, even Yoast, uh, before they did the Shopify integration, they actually they created Yoast.js, uh, which was like a way to be able to use Yoast on any website that supported JavaScript. And uh, that was an interesting experiment. I haven't really seen uh, personally much use of it or anybody really claiming that it's awesome or whatnot. I'd be curious to hear if they're getting usage out of that. But I, right. And I believe that's what was ported into their Shopify feature as well. More or less, I might be just making things up. They can correct me if I'm wrong. But that's that's one way to go about it, too. We but, have hit... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to throw out one more example. If you're familiar with Adarim. Yeah. They started out as... Was it like WP Feedback? I forgot what it was called. The WordPress yeah. plugin. And now they've got full SaaS. Yeah, I mean, targeting anyone, any web developer, any website, anything like that. Yep. There's a good example that I think has been successful in WordPress. That's a good one. Yep. We're going to wrap up uh, with our last segment, which uh, we go around and we uh, share what our best advice is for any new plugin shop owners who might be considering SaaSifying their products in one form or another. Uh, Aaron, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, just in summary, I'd say there's a lot of pros to satisfying. There are some trade-offs that we mentioned, especially when it comes to the technical side and having to develop APIs and services and maintain those. And there's cost involved there, of course. Uh, but overall, I think that the good um, 
thing to pursue for a lot of different plugins to see if they can add some SaaS features to their product. Absolutely. Katie? Yeah, I'd say consider that as part of your thinking about what source of plugin shop you're going to set up and where you're going to specialize. SaaS is not the only way to build a profitable, sustainable business, as Matt touched on earlier. It's not like we're saying, I'll put your plugins on Code Canyon where you can't get renewals or anything. You can get sustainable ongoing revenue, which allows you to keep supporting and maintaining a normal plugin. But I think there are business benefits. Aaron, are you still there? I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Did Katie freeze well, for you too? Yeah. Uh, we hit a technical snag. Bummer. <laughs> you can finish her uh, words. Right. <laughs> I bet, I bet you that she'll be back any second now. I'll say from my end uh, that uh, the best advice I have is to really dig into the cost. Uh, there's actually, when we were looking into uh, doing a full-fledged SaaS, uh, we found tons of resources online on estimating your server costs based on what type of features and functionality that you're going to be doing. There's like Excel spreadsheets and all kinds of stuff that can help you estimate those things. So do all of your due diligence and really dig into what the costs will be and use that to figure out your pricing for sure. And yeah. but also really consider how are you going to attract customers? If it's primarily just a WordPress connector, I really think it's a lot harder to use the WordPress funnel as attracting new audiences um, because the plugin itself isn't going to do anything without the SaaS. But if it's a plugin that does something and has SaaS features as well, then there's, there's potential there. Uh, or if you're just going to do the SaaS with a WordPress connector, like how are you going to market that SaaS? Because in my mind, costs and acquisitions, uh, new customer accounts are kind of some of the biggest durations to take in the mind for jumping into a business model like this. Uh, that's mm, right. my take. Yeah. yeah. And just speaking on the, the server side, it doesn't have to cost that much in most cases. $5 droplet on DigitalOcean can handle a surprising amount of traffic, depending on what you're trying to do. So that doesn't necessarily have to be like a huge blocker or a huge thing to overcome. Yep. And it looks like we might be getting Katie back in just a second, because huh? we are going to wrap up, and I wanted to make sure to talk about next week as well. No, it still looks like it's struggling a little bit. Let me see if I can add. What happens? I was worried about that. <laughs> it's not quite there. I think I'm back. That might be just my video. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, Let's see if that works. Just trying to get the video. Okay. With me without video then. Cool, cool. We're wrapping it up. Thanks everybody for being here and for listening in. Aaron, thanks so much for being here as well. Uh, yeah. This was great. Uh, we will be pushing it out on the socials. Uh, and we do have a new YouTube channel uh, for UP Product Talk. So find us on YouTube at UP Product Talk and hit that subscribe button if you can. Thanks for listening to the WP Minute Plus deeper insights and conversations from around the WordPress community. If you're looking for our weekly newsletter and short form news podcast, head over to the WPMinute.com slash subscribe. And if you want to support our efforts, join our Slack community for $79 a year at the WPMinute.com slash support.